So welcome to another episode of It's Not A Man's World podcast. We've got a, a few presents left under the tree for our second season. And as the weather gets colder and it gets darker outside, let's say we're your little cup of cocoa, keeping you warm and snug during these times. If you want anything stronger, let's say we're your half a bottle of vodka at this time of year as well. As you should know by now, we're your podcast that explores how men deal with relationships in the modern world, from that initial message or hello to developing a blossoming romance, all the way down to the times of sheer lust and desire. The voices you'll hear come from, let's say, different measurements of the love thermometer. I'm Dan, I've been pretty much in relationships for the last 13 years. I've had my fair share of good and bad experiences along the way. And I'm joined by my old university flatmate, Tom. I've known him for over 10 years. And he's currently facing the challenge of the ever-changing dating world. He'd regard himself as properly single. And Tom, mate, this week I've been trying to tip you up for a tip you up for a new job. I don't know if you've seen this, but I think I know what you should apply for in the new year. What should you say this week? That Nick Hewer is uh, leaving Countdown. All right. Okay. Yeah. So you're thinking what the show wants? Old man going grey can often get the job done in 30 seconds, takes great joy when out of nine muddled up letters, someone can spell out knob jockey. These are, these are all the things that I think that, that certainly would work for you. And it's like got me thinking here, look. <laughs> it's, it's just the fact your little head jiggle as the countdown sheet's going on in the background. I like it. I like it. I'd definitely be up for the countdown job. Why not? Why wouldn't I do that? That'd be awesome. I think you I, and I, would... I think you and Susie Dent. Yeah, dictionary corner. Why not? I I I, I always I always used to enjoy the maths ones where where you'd ask for like too higher, too lower, and just see how you can make seven hundred and thirty-two from that. I'd definitely be up for that. That's a great shout. I'd apply for that. Yeah. The only thing is, I'm not going grey. I'm just balding. That's 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 the only thing. But other than that, yeah, I'm perfect for that role. But yeah, doing well, man. How about you? Yeah, very well, very well. Uh, got to ask you about this um, this recent news story floating around about these magic monoliths that have been appearing oh, yes. up across the world, supposedly just plonked there without even a word of how they got there. And people doubt that there's not somebody overhead pulling the strings hey the first one appeared in you oh god yeah well i mean i don't know he's, he's got a monolith guy i was, I was just <laughs> he somebody, might be i'm just somebody that's floating overhead that's really strong that can carry them uh, the first one <laughs> appeared in utah and now it appears that monoliths have started to appear in europe and here in the uk one of them popped up on the uh, the isle of wight interesting monolith fancying some tier one living only place in the UK I think you can hang out with six mates indoors. The monolith fancies a little bit of that live tier one living, bruv. Uh, now, <laughs> I haven't got an idea if this is just a publicity stunt or, or protesting something against the environment crisis, climate change, or is it literally just somebody with a piece of metal that couldn't be bothered to drag it any further? So it's just left it on the beach in the Isle of Wight and different places all over the globe. Question is, What's the most bizarre thing that you, Tom, have probably ever seen? You've seen it and gone, how on earth did that get there? Oh, God, there's there's quite a few of them, particularly myself on a drunk night out. There's there's always the road sign that we nicked yes. from 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 outside. Was it outside Aqua Lounge when we was in Southampton? 
Well, or was it, it the story about that road sign is is that on our first proper night out when we moved to our house in Southampton so for our second year at university, I may have orchestrated the robbery of, <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I've matured, I must admit, but back then I was <laughs> at times with a belly full of, I'm going to say hard liquor, belly, <laughs> a belly full of watered down vodka. I would, um, I would say things like, oh, let's, let's, I don't know, climb up that traffic light or, Let's have that road sign. Now, the issue about taking that road sign was is that myself, with the help of our our fellow um, housemate, John, uh, dragged it. It was a fair heavy sign. We took it. It was a good 20, well, 15-minute walk, wasn't it, from where we were that night? Yeah. Placed it up against a wall, and it stayed there for the next two years. Well, about 18 months, didn't it? The yeah. time we were living at university, we couldn't have a TV because... For love, no money. We couldn't find the TV aerial. We were just like, oh, it's a really old fashioned house. Obviously, when they designed this house and built this house, TV wasn't a thing. That's how old our university house was. The issue was after 18 months and finally one of one of us, I can't remember who it was, thought after 18 months, it's probably time to give the place a bit of a hoover. And started hoovering behind the sign. Tom to find, yes. The aerial bolt. Oh dear. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, yeah, that was a big old sign though. It wasn't like your sort of a small one that you'll see in the street that's about two, three foot. This was like a big four and a half, five foot sign. It was like it got it got dragged. It got dragged. That was that was the more impressive thing. The fact that we well the fact that we all coordinated that that thieving and then it just managed to make itself smoothly into our living room for the next year and a half incredible incredible really so yeah that's what that's one of the most bizarre things i've seen i mean there were plenty of things at, at university that i've seen but yeah that monolith's a bit of a strange one. it must be a pr stuff surely what are you going to say about one of our housemates i mean he would he would regularly <laughs> do strange i mean he would he would do many things that would stagger the soul let alone the mind um seeing him cycle all across southampton to to get a bang and then come back disgusting and dirty a couple of hours later is is probably one of the true sights of uh, wonderment that I've that I've had in my mind for many years. Did he get on his, was it his bike or or was it someone else's bike? Because I remember the bike being about 14 sizes too small for him. <laughs> it is nicked up above his head and he's just there just do, 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 desperate to get licked. Yeah. I think that was definitely a kid's bike of some version. There's no way you can consider that like a cool BMX bike. No way. Incredible. It was, I, like, it was like the opposite of Penny Farthing. Instead of the wheels being too big, it was just the wheels were too small. And he's just wheeling over it like a little mouse. I actually saw a really strange thing as well, Tom, in talking on this topic. About this time last year, <laughs> me and the girlfriend were going on one of our, you know, heading into 2020 before, before the shit hit the fan, effectively. Yeah. The, the ambition of the year for, from the girlfriend was we'll go on more long walks. Nice. You know, before that became the only thing we could do. <laughs> but we'll go on more. We won't go on bottomless brunches or to the cinema or we'll go out clubbing or we'll go out and eat nice meals. We'll go for long walks. That, that was the what? plan of 2020 <laughs> before the vid took over. And about this time last year, we were going on one of those said long walks. And I saw a, like a young uh, Japanese family walking around pushing a buggy 
strange thing was that out of the buggy, there was this kind of real weird groaning like noise. Hadn't heard anything like it. Right. And the closer we got, the stranger the sound. Until we realised when we got within mm. kind of shooting distance of them, close enough to notice and see what was going on. In fact, in the buggy was a cat wearing human <laughs> clothes. Okay. That, no, that, uh, to be fair, that, that's top jumps for weird right there. Who puts, a, who puts a cat in human clothing and then puts it in a buggy to take out? Look, I am a no, fan of keeping pussies well-maintained, but that was the yep, yep. piss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that is truly weird. I mean, what was it a couple? Was it just one person? It's like a family of them. Yeah, it was like a there was a few of them. Oh. And that oh, was their okay. their child? I don't I don't know. Maybe they saw it as their child. I don't know. Look. I yeah. What you sometimes well, they... see in West London will astound you. <laughs> I think all across this country, mate, there is there is bizarre sightings to be found. All you yeah. have to do is just keep on going for long walks. That's how you find them. If in West London it's it's cats in buggies in East London by you, Tom. What the hell's in your buggies? Hey, we don't we don't want to, we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to approach that one. Hey, hey, you don't ask questions. You just politely nod and walk on by. <laughs> anyway, the monolith thing, um, very strange, uh, and not even to mention probably the cost of this. I'm guessing publicity stunt. Tom. Yeah, yeah. Was it worth the money? And that leads us nicely onto our topic. On it's not a man's world podcast this week. And it's an interesting one. As we go into the thoughts of money, 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 and the issues that it can bring in a relationship. Of course, it is the season of giving at this moment in time. And I think that's put pressure on people even more to be generous at this time of year. Nothing comes for free. I'm going to throw this one at you, Tom, to start off with. Do you think money plays an important role in relationships? Could you hear that in the background, by the way? No, no, I'm good. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, my dad was just bursting out into song in the background. What was he singing? Was ha- oh, Christ knows. Christ knows. I just heard a great big... Yeah. Oh, God, a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, knees up, Mother Brown, and all that, you know, here in the East End. But no questions asked. No, yeah, um, exactly. I might, I, might, I might keep that in, by the way. So, in answer to your actual question, before I got distracted, yeah, there is a lot of pressure. I think around money, particularly this time of year, you know, people will hemorrhage their credit cards just to give people gifts because they feel obliged to, I think. And I think that naturally um, will feed into relationships as well, because I imagine from your point of view, Dan, as well as a couple, you'll, you'll give gifts to family and friends as a, as a couple, not just individuals. And, you know, you want to be generous, but at the same time, you've got to be mindful of... Uh, no, I was, I, was, I was going to say, mate, you know, would you say that there's an attraction for you? Would you say you're attracted to money or status? And as a single guy, that is something that does play a part. Well, I, in, in a, I mean, I think from my point of view, I would like to say no, because you know naturally you you try and see someone for who they are as their character rather than what they've got but ultimately as you go down the line if you if you start to get to know someone and they're they've got a good job they've got a house they're financially secure those things do make them more attractive to you because they're more stable you know when it comes down to 
to money it does come down to a little bit of that status but i think the most important thing is security and i think if you've got the trust of your partner that they can look after themselves and maybe help you out if times ever got tough then that definitely helps and money plays a big role in that so yeah i think ideally we'd all like to think no 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 we'll, we'll judge the person on purely on who they are but if they haven't got a pot to piss in and you know they live in a cardboard box i don't think most people would go out of them and that's the harsh reality isn't it so yeah it probably does play a role the facts are that money worries put put pressure on relationships i think it is vitally important and myself and the girlfriend had quite a frank and honest and open conversation about our finances earlier this year when we had the opportunity to sit down as things have materialized this year everyone has faced different challenges and she sat me down and had a frank honest conversation about about my 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 money spending and and how we felt we needed to prioritize differently moving forward with what was important to us or what we needed in our future and, and our priorities moving forward I think people have different relationships with money. I'll say my personal experiences. I'll say disclaimer time that I feel very fortunate because I think I'm always someone that has had money, uh, been part of a family that's that's backed me and had money. I've been very fortunate with my employment that I've had spare money. I've had money. I've never been someone that has been struggling for money. But my relationship with money is probably a little bit unhealthy. I have it. I spend it. People differ on that, I think. And it's sometimes how they grow up, Tom, isn't it? Would you agree with that? Someone that has always had money is probably going to be a bit more frivolous with that. And that can affect then if they're with in a relationship with a guy or girl that has a very opposing view on money, maybe someone that grew up not having as much around them as they as they grew up, not having as much available to them. Then they'll have a different thought on how important it is to spend or not spend. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you there. I think your background does probably play a significant role in terms of how you how you treat money and how you perceive people who use their money. I want to take you back, actually, Dan, to your, your conversation with a girlfriend there. What was that like from your point of view when, well, whatever was said about money from the girlfriend and how did that affect you as, uh, a, as a person? Because obviously, you know, you're used to spend you were used to spending money in your own way and spending it obviously you know the way you wanted but as soon as someone else comes into that conversation and says look we've got to try and use our money together what what was that like for you just a bit of a recalibration i think it was frankly not obviously at that point where there wasn't a lot for any of us to do it was sitting down and having conversations sat down um obviously as part of the first lockdown earlier this year not being allowed out to do an awful lot apart from those long those long walks that we've already mentioned <laughs> finding her, all those pussies it, it was just her saying this is where i'm at this is what i um what position i want to be in like by this time next year and unless we start uh, making some clever decisions then we then we may we may struggle to get there and actually it was just recalibrating the way that I thought about things my feelings always been if I want to go do something if I want to go to a gig there's tickets for a gig and I want to go I'm just going to buy tickets I'm not going to let that stop me and that probably changed after my last relationship where for 18 months I was single and it was very much after the same thing for an awful long time I'm in a new part of my life if I want to go to a gig I'm going to go to the gig if I want to go on a night out I'm going to go on a night out nothing's going to stop me um so I, I and i'd spend what what was necessary so it's just about having frank honest conversations setting goals 
setting financial goals, which I would say to anyone is important. The old spreadsheet, being competent <laughs> on Excel is absolutely vital. But I, I, my feelings weren't hurt when we had, when we had conversations. If anything, I appreciated her honesty with me. Uh, and I think it has helped this year. And, and I also think this year has proven to an awful lot of us that, that we don't need a lot. We just need the health and happiness of our friends and our family. We need the support of those. We don't need something planned every night. You know, we don't need to be out all the time on it. If anything, the you know, those experiences are a little bit more special when they're, they're well earned. Sorry, that's, it's really interesting to hear that from, from my point of view as obviously being the proper single part of this um, this podcast because my perspective as I mentioned last week was was kind of changed I want to go out and spend the money now in many ways I want to mm. go out and enjoy myself you know I, I consider this time as a period where you know our lives have been shortened because we're all sort of trapped inside and limited in terms of what we can do but as soon as as soon as I'm out there I want to do stuff whereas I think where it's good from your point of view is where you've seen that now where you know, life doesn't have to be exactly, oh, we've got to do something, you know, there is happiness in the partnership of you and the girlfriend in your family and friends, and you can value that, cherish that as much as having the money to do something, which I think is really, really valuable as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's so important, I think, that you're open and honest with each other when it comes to what you're looking for, but also so open and honest. I mean, I reckon money must be Tom right up there with one of the main reasons that relationships sour just people not being honest about their financial position and then the pressure yeah. that can come with for example very difficult time of year uh, for people um it's hard you know you feel i think for guys i think i think things are changing and there's there's a there's a shared burden it, it, between men and women now about providing for their family it's more balanced and even and rightly so than it ever has been before. But I always feel that there's something in a guy that feels an obligation to provide for those that, that he, that they, that they love his family, his girlfriend, whatever is his family. And that isn't going to change. And at the heart of that is, it is finance. It's money, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you, if you're looking at society and our country's historical context, it's always been the man's gone to work and they are the provider whilst, the woman or the other partner in many cases the slightly less dominant you could argue would would stay at home and look after their family i think that has massively changed over the last i don't know since the millennium probably really mm. where you know i think because of the economy we live in you know a lot of people are now relying in terms of family on two incomes um massively you know it's not just a man or one person's income that you rely on nowadays you have to rely on both people in a relationship to bring money in otherwise you do see a lot of people struggling but yeah I think it it, it can obviously play a huge role and at the end of the day if, if you're struggling for money struggling to pay the mortgage the bills or whatever that's going to impact you way more than I don't know say going to the cinema one not going to the cinema once in a while or not going on a date once in a while and those serious things really do can affect a relationship to the point where it can break people up. So yeah, it can play a massive part and none more so than this time of year where, you know, the pressure is on to spend a bit of money and to be giving and jolly to everyone when maybe deep down you're struggling with things that people can't potentially help you with. Frank, honest conversation with those around you, not just family, not just your partner, but also your friends as well. 
being honest, Absolutely. because I, I'm sure if you've got good people in your life, they'll be the first, they'll, they'll get the first round and you'll get them one back when you can. Um, uh, before we move on, I will say though, that I think you and I could quite comfortably sue. If anything, I feel I would be great in the role of house husband. If the girlfriend <laughs> wants to go out and earn all the money, I'll be left at home. You know what? I find ironing very therapeutic. Washing up <laughs> the same. I would suit to the ground, house husband. Bring it on. Is, is that what you're aiming for? House husband in future life. Didn't you once work on the radio? Yeah, a long time ago now, but I've got different roles and ambitions in my life now. <laughs> hey, as long as you're happy, mate, that's the main thing. I, I think I, in any in any relationship nowadays, as long as you're both on the right path and you're doing exactly what you need to do for each other, why not? Good luck to you. Your hair's falling out. I'm going grey. I'm telling you that that process will slow right down if all I'm doing every day is the ironing and the washing up. I would very much suit house husband down to the ground. I absolutely think we should embrace this era of women going out and uh, absolutely doing it for the team. I I think it's great that it's very much more even, that it's far more balanced. Women are having much more of a say in the workplace. Uh, All the households I've ever been in, women have always had a massive say anyway, Tom. I don't know about (laughs) you. When you hear about the the men making the decisions, it's never been like that with the people I've surrounded myself with so uh absolutely good conversation anyway mate we've mentioned her a load in this in this episode so far so we should probably bring in the other voice now and it's not a man's world podcast i think it's an important topic i should probably leave it up to her to tell us if she's or spending all my money or not anyway here's the girlfriend yeah money can definitely play a negative role in relationships because often often you have someone who's earning more than the other one that might play a role or the person the other person could be quite careless with money and especially if you live together your finances are quite tied up um so say i don't know you're living together and saving for a deposit on a house and someone's quite reckless with their money it does become quite stressful and then you might have to sit each other down and have talks and make compromises about your long-term goals and how you want to get there and especially to do with money like you there does need to be compromise because everything costs money. Like if you want that beautiful house, five bed house in Buckinghamshire, I don't know, that's the first place that came to my head. Um, then you need to compromise and you need to be savvy with your money and it can lead to, you know, arguments. Like say, I don't know, you're saving for a deposit and you've got an Uber home that cost £60. Your other half might be like, don't do that. Like we're trying to save for a house and you're spending money on things like that. So I can see how it can become quite stressful, but I think you need to have an aspect of fun money. So you have your money, your savings, but then you need to have for yourself some fun money that you almost budget per month. So you know that your partner can't say anything because you can be like, well, that's my fun money. It's from my account, not our joint account or our savings for the house. It's got to be separate. I think setting the boundaries is good when it comes to money. I'm not surprised that money is the main reason a lot of relationships turn sour, especially now um, during the times we're living in with coronavirus, because so many people are on furlough or have been made redundant. There's like a lot of financial hardships. With that comes a lot of arguments and relationship breakdowns. So I, I can definitely see how that would be a massive contributing factor to a lot of couples breaking up at the moment. 
but like we're very lucky in that we've not been furloughed or anything like that so i can't really comment on what people should do in terms of money because that's a very personal thing and i think especially us brits we take it very seriously how much we earn and like what we've got to show for it as well so yeah i i'm just i fully empathize with people who are struggling at the moment and whose relationships may have broken down as a result of that some truth bombs dropped again by the girlfriend who i i feel as this second season is is progressing and developing tom is starting to actually steal the show which is a bit concerning but um uh, fun money a pot of fun money i think it's a great shout in in 2021 what's the first thing that you're going to spend some of your fun money on oh some of my fun money well definitely if we can get abroad definitely a holiday abroad i think my last trip was just before everything took place in in february so yeah that'll be that'll be the first thing on get some sun maybe go and see some different lands that's that's the first plan for me how about you what did you say lands or glands <laughs> well both potentially yeah i mean they go hand. i mean certain if, if i'm europe, feeling lucky certain parts of europe they go hand in hand don't they um <laughs> yeah well I, yeah i mean same as you i haven't got away since february uh should really uh, and i didn't and that trip wasn't with with the girlfriend so i probably owe her i probably owe her one uh interesting you wasn't talking specifically about her experiences but trust me she spent 60 pound on an uber before so all she <laughs> talk about in the first like three months of our relationship. She talk about this time that she spent sixty pound on an Uber and it was ridiculous. Um, anyway, where was she going? Oh, I don't where know. Where around, she coming from? Around the M25, four times apparently. <laughs> yeah, no wonder you had the chat. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should have had that a chat lavish after. lifestyle. But it's um, it's a good point she, the girlfriend, sorry, raised in in that conversation about sort of um, societal demands in terms of how people expect you to use your money. And, you know, that comes back to the period we're in now, in Christmas, you know, you, you're going to expect people to spend a bit of money to enjoy themselves and to also give to their friends and family. And, you know, yeah, that, that can create, create terrible rifts in relationships as well. So I think it, it is important to be very mindful of money in a relationship, I would say, and sort of be aware of, sort of how much you're both spending as a couple and individually on each other because like you said before Wendell someone ends up spending a whole amount of money on themselves without telling the other that can cause that can cause problems as well Mm, very interesting good work mate time now for our newest feature we're bringing you this season we call it sex flicks and chill those tv shows maybe films that go above and beyond to address modern day relationship issues they're the shows we discuss the more peculiar the approach as you know by now the better for us. Tom Taylor sometimes goes to sleep at night and goes, ooh, peculiar, and then rubs his knees like that. Peculiar. Ooh, love it. Peculiar. <laughs> well, no, I, I finish off every night singing Knees Up Mother Brown and then saying, ooh, peculiar, and then uh, and then popping off to bed. Oh, I didn't know. I'm glad you said off to bed there. Popping off what? Um, anyway, this week we go... <laughs> listen to this, mate. You, you didn't think we'd go here, right? This week we go... To the History Channel. The History Ooh, Channel. The History Channel, blimey. We are, we are really broadening our horizons here. Yeah. Get ready to get educated by the show How Sex Changed the World. That's right. It focuses <laughs> yeah. on, for example, how the Nazis invented blow-up sex dolls. That was their way to combat venereal disease. Who'd have thought okay. it? 
Did you know that? No, no, I did not. You you learn something new on every episode of this show, and that's certainly one of them. Trust the Nazis to dry hump latex. Um, I reckon that was all Hitler. <laughs> Egyptians used crocodile dung as a contraceptive. Well, that's that's a, that's a way to that's a way to put off someone. I mean, if you shove it down there and say go on then, and then they go, no, 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 thanks. I'll uh, I'll just pop back to. Uh, uh-huh. It'd be like, you absolutely town. stink down there, love, but I know that you're protected, so. <laughs> I mean, safety first, as always. Yeah, absolutely. This show focuses effectively, Tom, on how sex caused war and was used to try and win war. I mean, okay. you, better, you better be good at sex to try and win a war with it. Well. What do you think you could, what do you think you could win with your sex? I could get world peace, mate. I'm pretty confident <laughs> of that. We could have everyone holding hands, singing in perfect harmony, thanks to my special pals. The Nobel Peace Prize goes to Tom Taylor. You know what? I, I like to see myself as a as a peace envoy um, through the power of my wang. And um, like a Duracell bunny, just keep on going until people are just demanding that peace happens right this moment. So, you, so you're saying that the reason that they would go for peace is just eff- effectively to stop you? Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. It'd be like yeah. an off I, I think, that, yeah, I think for the love of God, stop shagging, man. Yes. We'll, 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 sort, we'll sort this all out. Let's get around a table and stop him literally wanging it around. Um, exactly. Also, I've got to say, one of the episodes focuses investigates, I should say, on how prostitution Ooh. was a major source of revenue for the Catholic Church, the driving force behind America's first racially integrated neighbourhood, and the launch pad for the most powerful women in the history of the Roman Empire. And we thought prostitution was seedy. <laughs> Why are we not all doing it? Hey, hey, look. Yeah, I think what that proves is that sex works. Literally and figuratively. In and then charging and then charging for it? Is is that is that well, important? Well, well, of course you're you're well entitlement if it's your job. I mean if you if you if you're if you're an enthusiast and you love it, then yeah, obviously do it for free. But I think most people would would charge for the pleasure or charge for the work that they put in. So, yeah, why not? Question for you. If you were a very high-end gigolo prostitute, male yeah. prostitute, would you ask for money up front or would you say, let's get it done? You can pay me afterwards. No, I'd, I'd do the old half and half. You pay, you pay your deposit to start off with. <laughs> then you see how it goes. And then you pay the rest. I mean, that's how business works. Don't it, it feels poignant that you'd ask for just the 15% up front. No, 50, not 15. Well, that's a I deposit. Mean, uh, how, actually, much, how much is a deposit? A deposit. Well, no, half. Down well, no. 15, 20. That's not a deposit. That's just half payment. All right, fine. It's half payment then. Look, oh, maybe, maybe it's, the, it's the, the drop before the actual deposit, if you know what I mean. And then, then the, the full payment thereafter. I did not like you saying deposit like that. <laughs> what are you depositing you sick bastard trying to get 50 percent up front and giving them only 40 percent hang on, hang on. I'm, you're not giving me 50 percent excuse me i'm giving them world peace <laughs> quality shagging here so i think i can demand half up front to start off with oh god we're, we're getting off we're getting off subject uh, we really are this week uh, time <laughs> to now we're on, on some more love issues good way to finish isn't it? Uh, some great, yep. dirty, uh, sorry British tales 
um, that we try and help solve. I'm not sure how valuable our feedback or input is on this. But over to you, uh, Tom, mate, for the latest Dear Dumbass. Cheers, mate. As always, we need to uh, we need to give our uh, oh, yeah. people. Should I should I give in. the names this week? Yeah, yeah, by all means. So I'm going to say, uh, let's say the woman is called um, Lolita. Oh, nice, nice, like that, like that. And the girlfriend, she got mentioned a lot. I know she was a big fan of Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. I don't know about you. Oh yes. So let's go. Male name Sp- Spike. Oh, Spike. Yeah, I remember him from Buffy. He was the he was the blonde one, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think it. Yeah, yeah, he was one of he was one of the vampires. I, I yeah, one of the, one yeah, of the vampires anyway. that was shagging the vampire killer. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, not not for me, and... Clive. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> better, better. Right. So, so we've gone with Lolita and Spike. Am I right in saying? Awesome. Right. Dear dumbass. I hate my girlfriend selling sexy photos of herself online, but she says my paranoia is the problem, not her behaviour. Spike's 25 and has just started seeing this incredibly beautiful woman by the name of Lolita, who he's known for a while. Lolita was with a very successful local businessman who drives a flash car, apparently. Spike didn't make his move until he heard that Lolita was single. Lolita's ex is supporting two, their two boys generously, but is obsessed with doing whatever it takes to give her kids the best lifestyle that they have with their dad. To do this, obviously, she gets involved in recording naughty videos. I see this relationship as being a partnership between two people, but Spike is unhappy at the fact that Lolita is basically doing these naughty videos for a bit of extra cash. Lolita's been open and honest with Spike, but she might see some of the guys who buy her photos. And that is something that Spike is very worried about. She's very clever, apparently, called to Spike at flipping things back onto him. Is he overreacting or is she up to no good, that naughty Lolita? I mean, with the name Lolita, we probably should have known that she'd be yeah. getting up to a little bit of no good. Difficult one, really, because at the heart, at the heart of what she's doing, she just wanted to provide the best for her kids. Um, yeah. Some people do whatever is necessary to, to do that and, and won't be embarrassed or feel guilty about what they've got to do to um to do it. But but yeah, I mean if she's if she's potentially meeting up with some of these guys that are uh I don't know, whacking one out over her photos, <laughs> put, put it bluntly like that, then that's yeah, an, yeah, true. And she needs to be quite understanding to him. It's it's a difficult it's a difficult one. It's a difficult yeah, there, day. There has to be a level of trust there, obviously, and it sounds like that he doesn't particularly trust her too much. But then at the same time, I think if anyone was in that situation and your partner said, oh, by the way, I'm going to meet these people who subscribe to my naughty shots, you'd be like, well, what are they trying to get out of out of you? And you'd be concerned about that, I think, naturally. But, yeah, it's a, it's a challenging one because at the same time, you have to you have to trust the person you're with not to not to do anything that that would be going too far um and the fact that she's been open and honest and said like the stuff that's going on you you think that's enough to to trust her that nothing ever goes further than the meeting um but yeah it's a it's a difficult one but the fact he also says that that spike says that lolita is very clever at flipping things back onto him that's that's always a bit of a worry doesn't sound the most healthy relationship. No, it? no, it doesn't. To be honest, I, I don't know. Grab a mobile phone and hide it. 
<laughs> or or just go along to the meeting, just sit in the background. Do what I do, have a cheese cheese and pickle sandwich. I love the idea that there's a meeting, there's four rows of guys. <laughs> it's like those um Comic-Con things, those expos where you just go and get a signature. Hi, right, thanks for coming. Just get a signature and a photo and then walk on by. I think they need to have a frank and honest conversation. I think there is a, um, a, a lack of trust there. Um, there's some unhealthy tendencies. And actually, they might be focusing on the pictures, which is a big thing. I'm not saying it's not a big thing, but in the, you know, as part of the whole relationship, that maybe that he's choosing to focus on that where there's much bigger issues or, or a lot of issues elsewhere in the relationship. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, I think having that chat and being honest, because all, all he's, he looks like he's doing is bottling up feelings of anger and resentment, and that won't ever end well. Um, but what I will say is, actually, I'm thinking of opening my, my OnlyFans account, Dan. Do you think it will go down well? Wow. I mean, what are you trying to give us your Give us your pay structure. What do people have to pay to be, let's say, a member of TT's OnlyFans page. So, so what I was going to do to set it up to start off was just call it Only Cans, and I'm going to put cans of lager in appropriate positions, and then for every pound you submit, one can gets revealed till you see the whole package. Now there's right. probably about there's probably around ten cans covering. Now I don't need that many, obviously, but oh god, it's what um, ten? Stop it! You know that you you know those little cans of pop you used to get. For road- <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You know the air, the air, the uh, the airplane cans. That that's exactly yeah. what they'll be. Or like li- little cans of of the tonic for gin and tonic. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So you probably so, need about, I'd say, what, uh, three and a half cans. That's being generous. That's being generous. That's being gen- no. We've we've got to make a profit here, Dan. I'm going to have ten there. Okay. But I'll, in reality, I only need half of one. Yeah. And then slowly, as you put your pounds in it gets revealed and then when you've paid your subscription of 10 pound a month you get the full reveal i think you could charge more than that 10 pound a month i think you're being, yeah, well, I, I think just, you're being not is, fair on yourself i mean this is to start off with obviously you know you've got to build the business but what you you've got you need some you need some platinum members some vips who are willing yeah, and, to, and that's what the meet and greets will be to be able to just twiddle your nibble <laughs> maybe that'll be part of the extra package twiddle, twiddle your nibble for i don't know 50 quid a month let's see still think you're not i still think you could be you put your big bucks businessman for the new exactly. tom taylor taking taking this on entrepreneur there it is and you've been called, <laughs> you've been called a lot worse over the years as well <laughs> very tom, much have. Tom, good I'm place to finish have. mate um I, i'm not quite sure how we've already reached this stage so quickly but next week is going to be our last episode of the series. Bloody hell. Yeah, time, that time has flown. That time has flown by. Yeah, uh, plenty of time to get your, your Kleenex out for the next few months. Um, and what I use my Kleenex for is very different to what you use your Kleenex for. Um, well, it depends how the business goes, yeah, to be honest. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be an absolute corker. We're going to go out with our Christmas special. Uh, there'll be plenty of good times to be had in the season of goodwill and maybe even a bit of a, uh, a booze up for the episode as well um, nice. effectively I'm going to call next week it's not a piss man's world poker oh good oh good I look forward to, to hearing back my drunk opinions yeah, we've that'll got, go down well we've got a really good idea for next week's podcast to finish the second series off so make sure you catch that one 
Uh, really enjoyed it as always, Tom. Thank you, mate. Thanks to everyone for listening. Remember, you can catch all our previous episodes by just searching It's Not A Man's World podcast on Acast, on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe, rate and review the podcast if you can. We'll see you next week for our Christmas special and we'll see you very soon. See ya.